This is Brett. This is Allie. And this is Brendan. And we're just talking about Star Wars Celebration on the Skywalk. (laughs) What's up, Move Milkers? Welcome back to the Skywalk. We are coming off the momentum of the third day of Star Wars Celebration. Fourth day, actually. Having Uh, a great time here in Chicago. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about the Episode 9 trailer and the panel. We're going to be talking about The Mandalorian and more. Yes. Before we do, social meteors. This is where the good move milkers can find us on social media. On iTunes, search for The Skywalk, Skies and Sky, Walk as in the thing you cook in, W-O-K. Subscribe there so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so no one else ever misses an episode. Spotify, same deal. Remember, it's three words, The Skywalk. Disgracebook, facebook.com slash The Skywalk. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter at the Skywalk, Instagram the Skywalk, and Podomatic. Star. I'm going to try to do it this time for Jeff. Star Wars over <laughs> So to kick things off, we're going to get right into the big stuff: the Episode Nine panel, uh, the Mandalorian panel, and then later in the show, we're going to talk about some of our crazy experiences that we've had here in Chicago. Um, And so if you want to stick around for that, you can. Uh, But one thing is, uh, we all got down here on our last episode that you heard. uh, Brendan and Allie and I, we were uh, preparing for celebration. And off air, we asked each other where we were staying. And we were like, oh, we're probably not that far from each other. Mm -hmm. And then we got here to the, I got to my Airbnb. And Allie texted me and was like, where are you at? And I told her the address. And she said, no way. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the apartment above us. So we are literally, the odds are astronomical. We are a C-3PO-esque odds right now. 3PO never even went that high. (laughs) Let's talk about the episode nine panel. First of all, what's your gut reaction immediately following the panel? I, I don't know. Like, I'm really excited. I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much. Yep. Because we've had Last Jedi, which was like kick ass. Yep. And we had Force Awakens, which was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> it's being polite from me. Yep. Um, so, like, I don't want to get my hopes too up because there's so much that has to be wrapped up in this movie. Like JJ said in the panel, it's like, he's not only wrapping up this new trilogy, he's wrapping up nine movies yeah that's a lot of pressure but just from what we saw like granted it's a teaser trailer and it's a little like it's supposed to hype you up it's fan servicey mm-hmm. but like the settings looked amazing that one shot of ray when she's like getting ready to beat down kylo's oh yeah uh tie fighter mm-hmm. and it's like a shot by shot of north by northwest yes and it, like it's friggin' amazing and Poe and Finn look, oh, oh. <laughs> just like everything. It just it just looked amazing. So it got me really excited. Yep. I'm very excited to see the next trailer. Yep. I'm very excited for December. Yes. Brendan, what did you think? You know what? I I went into it thinking that it probably wasn't going to be that surprising. Yep. And there were surprises. Yes. I by the end of that trailer, I'm all of a sudden ex- totally excited to see what they do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I still think that I'm a little bit worried. Yep. I think that they have a lot of stuff to do in order to do every character justice. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's there's a lot of fun stuff in store. And I think that, it, you know, the, the panel did its job on me. It made me a believer. Like, this, this could be 
the legitimate capper to all nine movies. Yeah. Now, do you have any concern that it's too much to try to take on? Because when I first heard J.J. Abrams say, you know, we're not just finishing a trilogy, we're finishing off nine movies. And definitely, like you said, got the sense that he was trying to incorporate everything. Mm -hmm. So I had concern that, like, maybe that's a little too much to chew. Ali, like you mentioned your feelings on The Force Awakens, which I tend to agree with. I think I like it more than you do. Yes. But he also had... He had Lawrence Kasdan helping him write it. Mm. The guy who's got Star Wars DNA. He wrote The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. And now he doesn't have that. And instead he has a guy who we won't talk about what he's done. Some good, some really bad. Yes. So I do have concerns that J.J.'s not quite capable of thinking on the mythological level that Star Wars needs, that, that level that it has to hit to really satisfy the fans. And so then to think of him taking on the mantle of eight other movies you don't really have to wrap up nine movies dude you just have to wrap up the three and that's kind of another concern that i have which is that and i should say by the way i was thrilled by every second of that panel including Mm -hmm. the trailer Mm -hmm. but the palpatine thing was literally the first time oh and let me say too throughout the panel and this is stuff that i think you can see that that's still included on the youtube uh version of this that you can look up now they were showing uh shots from on set of the movie mm. those had me so sold <laughs> that i would have been super ex- i think i would have been more excited had i just seen those than the trailer mainly because of the end of the trailer with palpatine you know i said on this podcast months and months ago uh maybe even longer when they first announced that jj was going to be directing this movie i said that i hope he just has fun with it Because, you know, the good thing is that Ryan Johnson kind of like tied a nice little bow on the end of The Last Jedi Mm -hmm. um, to where people wondered, like, well, what do they have to do now? We know Kylo's bad. We know everybody else is good. And there's like 12 of them. And where does it go from here? And J.J. can just have fun. Um, And everything in the panel leading up to that seemed to be going in that direction. Everything was so colorful. And I love that. And this is why I'm still super excited for it. The ooger booger dude that was on that, maybe not real, but (laughs) everything on that poster now we know has been legit. Yeah. Uh, We haven't seen the Knights of Ren in any other form, but based on everything else in there being real. But anyway, that dude is in it and he's just a giant slug. He doesn't even have arms. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And every other shot that they showed was super colorful. Mm -hmm. It really seems like they're having a lot of fun. Also, the thing in the trailer... I think that really satisfies my specific itch for this movie is some of the adventuresome stuff from the first half of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my formative Star Wars experience from childhood is just, you know, the whole first third of that movie. Everything with Jabba's Palace is fun. It's like the cantina, but more colorful, more characters, more excitement, really, because, you know, the rancor and everything and, and Boosh coming in. And um, and the, the so the shot of... Uh, Poe and 3PO and Finn on what looks like a skiff, yeah. like similar to what you would see on Tatooine around Jabba's Palace. Jabba's Palace. Yeah. But yeah, then you get to the very end and it's like Palpatine's back. You see the crashed Death Star, uh, what looks like the remains, the ruins of the Death Star. Yeah, probably the Death second Star Death Star. 2.0. This, yeah, it's got to be the second one. Yeah. Um, and Palpatine coming in. And I had the same thought. It's like, what good reason is there for him to be here? Because Return of the Jedi ends so well. Brendan had a pretty good point about why you might bring Palpatine back. Okay. So I think that this this will let them kill 
two birds with one stone. Um, this enables them to tie it into the larger saga. Yep. Because Palpatine is the one pulling the strings. Yep. Even from the Phantom Menace. Yep. And I think that this also gives them a new big bad because Snoke was killed in the last movie. Yeah. A, a big bad who we know is legitimately bad. Yeah. He is the ultimate evil. Right. And that means Kylo is no longer the most evil person in the galaxy anymore. Yeah. So if they wanted to do the whole Ben Demption thing and, <laughs> you know, maybe Ben self-sacrifices to defeat Palpatine, who knows what the scenario is. But this, you know, I think that there there still is more to Ben Solo than than he wants other people to believe. And I think that you see him putting that mask back together. He's still hiding who he really is. Right. And if Palpatine's oh, in the gosh. mix, yeah. then they, there is still good in him. And there is now a larger evil that maybe Rey and Kylo can team up to defeat. Yeah. Something amazing. Did you guys see what someone... It's been posted online now. I saw it on Twitter and Facebook. Somebody posted a thing speculating. And this is a like really out there speculation but would also be kind of brilliant, I think, if um, they, they put up the meme of when Kylo is talking to the Vader mask. Oh, yeah. Saying, I will finish what you started. Yes. And wondering if that could mean destroying Palpatine once and for all. Yeah. Which is crazy, but also actually makes a lot of sense. Do it. This is almost foreshadowed in the Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. when he talks about like, how how their That's Darth true. Plagueis taught, learned how to cheat death. That's true. Yeah. How I can save the ones you love from dying. Yep. And who else does Darth Sidious love other than himself? Yeah. Literally nobody. Yeah. And they spent a lot of time in the recent canonical materials, like talking about Operation Cinder and all of these contingency plans that Palpatine had to like mm. tell portions of the empire and people who are loyal to him to get the heck out of there and reform somewhere else and we don't know exactly how that might have led to like the first order or what that time period looks like and that could tie into what we saw from the mandalorian today exactly Mm. um so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of room to play there that's awesome i am curious and i'm just gonna put this out there and then we can talk about something else okay what do we think Palpatine would think of General Huxtable? Because I don't think Hux is material for... You sniveling twit. Exactly. <laughs> Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. You know, the other super obvious thing about Palpatine is that, you know, even from the end of Return of the Jedi, I think people wondered this even before we ever thought we were getting more movies, is like, well, all he really did is fall down a shaft. <laughs> like, nobody even dealt him a death blow in any way, shape, or form. He gets thrown down a shaft, which happens to everyone, by the way. <laughs> Anyone who gets thrown down a shaft survives unless they got stabbed through the chest by their son. So <laughs> the fact that that's all that happened... Or Darth Maul. Or Darth Maul. But he survived, too. No, I'm, but Qui-Gon did not. Oh, right. Well, he didn't go down the shaft, though. He was stabbed. Did he go down the shaft? No, no. no he just he he lies stabbed down. through the chest. Right, because then Obi-Wan lays on him like that Ewok lays on his mama. Um, <laughs> 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 um, so, what do you guys think about the title? The Rise of Skywalker. One thing about the title that is a little intriguing to me is that you have this idea idea of just Skywalker not Luke Skywalker not Anakin Skywalker yep rise the rise the rise of Skywalker the rise of Skywalker the rise of Skywalker yeah what is Skywalker right is it a replacement for the Jedi Order right is it 
Is it a title bestowed onto somebody? Is it a mindset? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it a way of life? Exactly. Exactly. And I also really it's like love being the dude. Uh, the thing that I really like is that you have in the third chapter of every trilogy, yep. you have revenge. Yep. You have return, and you have Ooh, rise. I Ooh. Of that. And <laughs> I think that return return is nice, is but re, you know re, yeah. return return is a little lacking in in energy and spirit and vigor. And right. rise really has that. So to wrap up this episode nine part, um, I do want to say the art direction looks phenomenal. Yes. Uh, like I said, all of the stills that they showed were more colorful than I think we've seen from either The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. And so I'm really excited about that because at the very least, it means the art of the Rise of Skywalker book is going to be amazing. Yes. And I live for those. Um, and oh, and one last thing. We, we just can't close off the episode <laughs> nine thing. <laughs> but uh, if you haven't seen this on Twitter or wherever social media, uh, someone posted a comparison of the ship that drops Ray off on Jakku. Oh, yeah. Uh, in her force, what is it, force back vision? Yeah, her vision. Um, with the ship that you see, I think it's the first shot after the Ray in the desert with the TIE fighter scene. Oh, where they look like they're going to Edu, but it's definitely not Edu. Uh, yeah, it's a dark planet. It looks maybe like it's rainy or snowy. Yeah. And a ship flies into frame, and it is that same design. I will say on that point, Yep. JJ, for the love of God, do not try to rework Ray's parentage. Oh, Ellie, I have bad news for you. I think it's coming. I don't I don't <laughs> think this needs to happen. And I think it's Carrie Russell. I don't think this needs to happen. I, I think that she needs to like it was great knowing that she was some like backwater nobody because to the yes, point of the of the title. I agree. Being a Skywalker is a frame of mind. And also the fact that in the prequels, like no one else was a Skywalker. He was just some rando kid that won a friggin' pod race. Yeah. <laughs> like who? It's Ellie, just if like, I didn't know you so well, I would almost think you were disparaging the Phantom it's, Menace. It's like this crazy <laughs> wizard dude just walked up out of nowhere and was like, well, you seem like you might be the answer to all of our friggin' problems. <laughs> Hello, little boy. Exactly. <laughs> like... He was nobody. And his mom was just like, he's going to be somebody someday. And clearly, like, his mom taught him nothing about going with strangers. He was like <laughs> Mr. Burns. In the, nothing, I don't know if you've, you guys have ever seen when Mr. Burns was first taken away from his poor parents. <laughs> and his younger brother, George Burns. Anyways, um, I, I seriously think that, like, I don't even, I don't want to believe this. But in my mind, there's no way that Carrie Russell is not one the person in that funky poster with, oh, yeah, it's with her. that dome, the, domey kind of helmet. Yeah, she's the chrome dome. Guy. Right, she's the chrome dome. She's flying that ship, and she is the one who dropped off Ray because she is Ray's mom. I hope this is not true. I, I hope really you're wrong. hope it's not the case. Um, but I don't trust JJ. It's your greatest weakness. Looking for them everywhere. I uh, I also am really excited to find out more about uh, shoot. What's her name? Jana. Jana. Yeah. What's that actress's name? Naomi Aki. Naomi yes. Aki. I'm yeah. very excited to find out more about her role because she was very good about not saying whether or not she's Lando's daughter. Oh yeah. I mean that was like very. You know they asked her about that and she was like <laughs> being very know. coy about it. Yeah. And they easily could have just said nope. Yeah. So like who knows? Yeah. Yes. No. Who knows? I thought I thought they were trying to make a callback to like the fact that 
stupid Star Wars fans think that every black character is related to Lando <laughs> related because to, right. Lando's the only other black character they can think of. Right, and her True. and Finn must be siblings. Of course. And they're also related to that one black guy on Cloud City. Yeah, Will Rohood. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I loved the photo that they showed of her yeah. character. She was like children of the corn in yes. the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Man. Like coming out of the the tall grass, like yep. a beautiful, beautiful be- velociraptor. Yeah, and she had like an energy that a she different type of energy than we're getting from anyone else. All right, let's talk about the Mandalorian. Oh my god! Uh, so, what was your immediate reaction to? Well, I know, but tell the listeners at home, because we were there. I should mention that we somehow, uh, the incredible odds of us being in the same house together for this entire week, um, those continue to trickle down into the panels where we got to enjoy the episode nine panel and the Mando panel and the Doug Chang design of episode one panel together Mm -hmm. today. Uh, So what was your, uh, what is your gut reaction to the Mandalorian panel? Um, It looks like everything I want and more. Yes. This is, this is the Star Wars that I was hoping for. And I think we got a little bit of a taste uh, when we saw Solo, right? It's a, it's a look at the Star Wars galaxy that doesn't necessarily involve Jedi or the force so much, but it's a little bit more of uh, kind of the, the the scum and villainy aspect, the smugglers and the bounty hunters, yeah. and the action in this thing is going to be bonkers. We saw yep. some really cool stuff. We saw some familiar characters and faces, um, and it just it the idea of them doing like a gunslinger show uh, set in the wild west of Star Wars. It's just spot on, and I am yep. super pumped. Yep, having before expressed. Little to no interest in this show. Yep. I take it all back. Yep. It looks friggin' amazing. Yep. Uh, I got some, like, low-key Firefly vibes, which is going to fill the hole left by Joss Whedon and Fox. No, I'm excited for it. It looks really good. I'm very excited about... uh, Shoot, I can't remember her name. Gina Carano. Gina Carano. I'm very excited about Gina Carano. Strong, buff woman. Super, like, strong is not even the word. Like deadlifting a human body multiple takes off the ground yes strong she's those powers power what was it power of the force action figures in real life she forget the mother of dragons she's like ronda rousey with a brain (laughs) (laughs) um i was just oh my goodness this was like rehab for star wars fans where was (laughs) 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 like if they came New in tagline for celebration <laughs> rehab for Star Wars fans. Um, I felt like uh, like imagine a world where this was the first thing that came after the prequels and people who were t- completely turned off by the prequels and didn't think that you could make Star Wars uh, legitimate or give it the gravitas that it had when George well when young George past mm-hmm. George was at the helm um, like you would just you would take them slowly like they woke up out of a coma. And you're slowly nurturing them back to health and convincing them that everything is going to be okay. And that's how I felt in this panel. Because Dave Filoni, um, truth be told, I've never been a huge fan of his. But 
he so won me over today. Him and like the tag team of him and John Favreau is unbelievable. And the care. And I think this was the difference to me between and oh, let me tell you a really funny thing about this is months ago, I posted a poll on Facebook asking people if they were more excited about knowing the outcome, if they were more excited about episode nine or the Mandalorian. And predictably, I think it went like 73-27 in favor of episode nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was heavily, and I mean, I think the fact that the Mandalorian made a showing at all, as me and Jeff mentioned in that episode, that's a good sign, right? Mm-hmm. That a Star Wars TV show that has nothing to do with the Skywalker saga um, could make any kind of a dent, 23% or 21%, whatever it ended up being. Um, and now I think it's much more in the favor of the Mandalorian than it was at that time. Mm-hmm. Now having seen stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if there are if there are just as many people who are more excited about the Mandalorian uh, as there are for episode nine, um, they care so much. And they, I think that they, maybe it's a generational thing, right? Where if you're in the age range of John Favreau and Dave Filoni, or maybe even a little younger, um, but if you really grew up on Star Wars in your formative years, um, that's what they're hitting with this show. Yeah. Um, the most impactful thing I've seen in all of Star Wars Celebration was that they went to a practical effect for the Mandalorian's ship. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah, it's, that was, I would never have expected that. Never in a million years. And so when John Favreau says, you know, I thought like, hey, let's just throw a model together, you know, just for the heck of it. And they joked about him just uh, using that as an excuse to get a prop made that he could keep on his desk later <laughs> on after making the show. Uh, it was really funny, but then they started using it and they showed us at the panel. Um, and it's really weird. I don't know how much people saw too. I think that part is, right? And I feel really bad for the people. We'll get into that after. I do want to talk about how people got shot out of that, and I think that sucks. Um, But they showed the different process shots and how they have the ship move through space, and there is something about it that just feels so real. And I think one of the complaints I had with The Force Awakens is those TIE fighters move around in a very unrealistic way. Mm -hmm. And yes, we know we're talking about space opera and none of this stuff is real. But there was a realness to the original trilogy where you're just like, wow, that thing moves like kind of stodgy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that, it moves that's, like a, a World War II fighter plane. Yeah, it doesn't just zip around like physics aren't a thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's how it felt. And so at the end of this whole thing, we did see a trailer for The Mandalorian after we saw a freaking segment of the, I think, the first episode it must have been. Yeah. Which is incredible. With Vanna Herzog. Uh, the Empire improves every star system it touches. <laughs> oh, my God. He is so perfect. Oh, man. I'm so excited. Yeah. We talk about lending gravitas to a show. Oh, yeah. Oh I love uh, his big uh, imperial medallion around his neck. Yeah. yeah. And that's so perfect. You know what's funny? This is, uh, this is really amazing because it comes full circle with... Uh, we were talking yesterday about how... All of this excitement that we feel now really kicked off with the announcement of The Force Awakens Mm -hmm. being made. Um, You know, this podcast only started because we knew that all of a sudden the Star Wars universe was revitalized. The cinematic universe was revitalized Mm -hmm. um, with the Disney acquisition. And we knew nothing about what it would be, but that's all we needed to know. Um, 
And so back at that time, one of the things that Jeff and I speculated about, because I mean, the most fun thing in the world is to speculate. Mm -hmm. And we were saying like, man, where's the galaxy at? You know, we know this is all going to happen like 30 years later. And we're imagining stuff like this, where it was like, you know, the whole galaxy is in disarray and different groups are competing to take control because there's this uh, power vacuum in -hmm. the Star Wars universe. And... When The Force Awakens came out, we didn't really get that at all. Yes. And I think if you're somebody like, like, forgive me, I'm a student of history, but like if you're somebody that has even like a basic idea and a basic understanding of what happens after a revolution, yeah. like it is total chaos right? until you figure out what the power structure is. And for us to have jumped how many years into the future with The Force Awakens? 30-ish. 30-ish years, like with no idea. Yeah. Like I don't think Aftermath or any of those books really give you a great idea of what's, they give you a good idea of what's going on for the Skywalkers. Right. But they don't, they don't give you a good idea of what's going on for the rest of the galaxy. And yep. yeah, this is gonna be so cool to basically, yeah. you're basically like, the Mandalorians are basically like the Texas Rangers yeah. of the Star Wars universe. And boy, howdy, am I <laughs> friggin' excited to see like, what the wild, wild west of the Outer Rim is like. Yeah. yeah. I loved it that Dave Filoni called this the the good kind of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But also, like, to your point, is like, The Force Awakens really had to be everything all at once. And so I think, you know, that's why we couldn't get this. And now that they're just letting some time go by, letting things breathe. And credit to them, man, for just picking the right people. And we didn't even get into who the directors are. Uh, but they talked about them in the panel, and I think that's amazing. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Crazy. I, I didn't know. know she was a big Star Wars fan, but like, great. Yeah. And Taika. And Taika. Taika got a big round of applause. So this is our low-key YTD watch for this week. <laughs> YTD. <laughs> oh, and IG88, which is not IG88. It's IG11. For some reason, but you know what? Whatever. So that was the thing. You know, if you left uh, Celebration... And they said, okay, you can take in your pocket any two seconds of anything you've seen for this entire thing, (laughs) but nothing else. It would be that. And there was just something about the way he moved. Yeah. The way he was just turning, like very stiffly but smoothly. And his arms were just moving like on a single hinge up and down shooting. Which is like, I just felt like how he should be. Yeah. It's just perfect. I love the idea that this is kind of bringing George's original vision to life because he spent untold millions of dollars developing a TV show before he ended up selling Lucasfilm to Disney. Yeah. And I, I don't doubt for a second that, you know, he had Filoni working on that in some capacity. But they had a writer's room set up. They, you know, they have dozens of scripts locked away somewhere. Yep. And it was going to be about the underworld. Yep. And so I think that this show is kind of like building on the legacy of that idea. And I think that it's probably very in the spirit of what George wanted to do. And we have the blend of Jon Favreau Mm -hmm. kind of bringing in the independent creative spirit and Dave Filoni, who, you know, is it, you know, he was, he was at the master's side, so to speak. He learned from Lucas. And I think that that, that combination is going to be like chocolate and peanut butter. I think it's going to be great. The people that are directing it, the people yeah. that they chose the to have. The roster of directors. Yes, yeah. the roster of directors is a diverse roster, and that is awesome. Yeah. I My only hang-up is, like, Star Wars is a massive franchise. It is now within the Disney umbrella, which is an even bigger franchise, and we have yet to see a female director. 
for the films and the films are the cash cows the films are the reason why the mandalorian can even exist right because the money is there yeah and so like it's yes dave filoni i hope you bring in some female writers and directors for the the new season of clone wars i'm glad that there are female writers and directors on the mandalorian i want to see female writers and directors for the next like ryan johnson i know you're not directing all of the movies that you're going to produce get some females yeah get some people of color like yeah. diversify this universe right I wanted to get back to some things that we liked about the the panel and what we're excited about uh, in the show. I'm not really familiar with Pedro Pascal, but he won me over today. He oh, is. Yeah. He seems like he is so stoked to be in Star Wars. So if we did like a poll, okay, on Twitter and Facebook or whatever, of like the scene stealers from any footage that we saw, we mentioned IG-11, who's definitely in that list. Uh, Brendan, you you saw how geeked out I got that in the trailer for The Mandalorian, they had this little gang of Jawas yep. with red eyes that looked so dope. And they were carrying guns. They were, yeah. They were, they were a very militant little squad of Jawas, <laughs> and they were incredible. Do you guys have other, any other candidates for, like, who stole scenes from either Episode Nine trailer um, or the footage that they showed from... In episode nine, we got some behind the scenes stuff as well, where they showed Tiny stuff bit, that wasn't yeah. in the trailer, a like Ooger Booger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Booger. <laughs> uh, for me, for Mandalorian, my least favorite thing that I saw was the poor Kowakian monkey lizard on the oh. spit with the <laughs> other one in the background, like whimpering. And it got afraid. big laughs. I'm a monster because I was howling. I, s- I, I, I shouted too. no. I was not into that. <laughs> yeah, Salacious Crumb is my friend. He's yeah. my mischievous little friend. <laughs> I, I want to eat him. I had both reactions actually because I. <laughs> laughed but i was just like it but i also felt like it was wrong and yes. <laughs> i've grown to love salacious crumb so much i think i've shown you guys my doodles mm-hmm. yeah. um i've just been drawing him non-stop for like four <laughs> months now <laughs> yeah oh, that was pretty sad i mean like that but you know first the poor roasting thing mm-hmm. and now salacious crumb like who is next no like, one is no one is no sacred one is no one is safe no, is everyone sacred, is edible man. in star wars I now <laughs> I want to ask you, Brett. This is your first celebration. Like, oh, what are yeah. what are, you know? How are you feeling? Um, it, it's <laughs> it's interesting because, uh, as you both know, uh, I'm here with my wife and my daughter, and the reason that we ended up at this point is because we thought that celebration would be in California. So we had agreed as a family, like we had wanted to go to California anyway. So what better excuse to go than Star Wars celebration? Then they said Chicago, which we all thought was a terrible idea. And today it was snowing and slushy and horrible. And they <laughs> the gave battle us, of Hoth And today. they gave us Mandalorian posters to take home. And you couldn't take them home unless you paid 10 bucks to get a protective cover and you got a plastic bag. But anyways, um, so I told them at that point, like, hey, if you're not down for this because they're not Star Wars nuts like I am, you know, I totally understand and they were like, no, we love Chicago because we'd been here before. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted to come. So it's kind of weird because I'm always like in my mind when I'm watching this stuff, I'm like, what are the girls thinking right now? Are they like <laughs> bored out of their minds? Do they think this is like, you know, the nerdiest thing they've ever seen in their life? <laughs> I think the answer is yes to that last question, but they've been actually loving it. Um, they've been loving different. My daughter has been loving different things from what my wife has been loving, uh, but they're both actually enjoying it in their own ways. So I'm kind of looking at it through that lens. 
Um, but they've thoroughly enjoyed it so far. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's pretty much exactly what I expected. Um, it's a little different than what I'm used to. I was telling you, Brendan, how uh, I always go to PAX East back in Boston every mm-hmm. year, the gaming convention. And at a game convention, there's always something to do mm-hmm. because everything is a game that you can play. So you go around the show floor. I always go around the show floor looking for indie games and just playing one after another, after another, after another. This is a little different because if you don't go to panels, then all you're really getting is a billion shops selling cool Star Wars stuff, which is also okay. Um, but it's and a little you different. You get to see the, the, all the crazy costumes, the cosplay, too. Right. And the cosplay being all Star Wars or almost all Star Wars um, with an amazing dash of space balls thrown in, yes. as we've all seen. <laughs> um, it's really cool. And uh, getting to meet someone like Michael Pasquale, who you guys know is just, I think he's my new best friend. I think he's cool <laughs> with me saying that. Um, who's actually just given me gifts at the show, literally prints and pins that he's made. And I think he's just an incredible artist. So I really love the fact that they've brought people like that into the fold for this. I think that Star Wars for me has always been just so inspiring uh, in an artistic and creative way. It's what made me want to pursue, you know, graphic design, illustration, film. So to see other people who do that and all bring their different flavors and see someone reference, I think Doug Chang talked about when they critique, you know, and when they look at uh, designs for Star Wars and people will say what we all know and we all think all the time, which is, no, that's not Star Wars. This is Star Wars. That's not Star Wars. To see what different people's take is on what actually is true to Star Wars is really cool. And especially to see different artists together and Man, and to be able to buy action figures for five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and getting to meet so many wonderful people. It's just, it's, it's been fantastic. Oh, the other thing we have to mention, I feel really bad for people who got shut out on The Mandalorian today. Um, the only complaint I have about the show as a whole is that people pay a lot of money to get here. Mm-hmm. And I understand that not everybody can be in the room for a panel. But the people who were not in the main room for the panel or one of the two overflow rooms today could not see the full clip that we saw from the show from The Mandalorian, and they did not see the trailer from what I understand. And that's really disappointing. Yeah. And, you know, like Heath, you know, he was tweeting about it. You know, there's so many people like that that love Star Wars so much. And you fly here from another state to be at this show. And... You're actually right outside the room and you don't get to see that yeah. stuff. And I think, you know, if they could, they've made great improvements. The lottery system, I think, is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Took so much anxiety away. But for, you know, for people to get shut out on that stuff, I really just hope they can find a solution for that going forward. My hope is that the trailer for The Mandalorian will be released relatively soon. Yeah. So people that didn't get to see it can see it within the next couple of weeks. I totally understand that there is going to be exclusive content that only people that were in the room are going to see so those five minutes like i don't feel necessarily bad about seeing those five minutes right because like we got into the room right that's part of and that's that's a treat yeah Yeah. but yeah like please release the trailer soon so my friends can (laughs) see it do it all right move milkers hopefully you enjoy this hopefully you're as excited as we are please let us know uh what you thought about all things star wars celebration the episode nine panel Uh, the Galaxy's Edge panel, the Star Wars Fallen Order panel, and the stuff that was released for that, Uh, the Clone Wars Season 6 stuff that went up, Um, and, of course, the Mandalorian. Let us know what you thought of all that stuff. And uh, that's it for now. This is Brett. This is Allie. And this is Brendan. And we're just talking about Star Wars Celebration Chicago 2019!
on the Skywalk.